You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. In sports, if you want to be the best, there are no off days. Welcome into the No Off Days podcast, Chris. I'm listening to a lot of depressing music these days. I just got to be honest. A lot of Taylor Swift. I find it's, the, yeah, I find it's the best way to cope with uh, the finality of the Buck season. So, you know, nothing compares to you, Sinead O'Connor. Oh, uh, that's a good end one. of the road, boys to men. Yes. Anything by REM. Uh, you know, You're, are you losing? Everybody your, hurts, yeah, right? Yeah, we yeah. do, and we're losing our religion over how yeah. this uh, season ended. But with that, of course, there is uh, hope springs eternal for the eight teams that still are in the NFL postseason. And uh, we, we did catch some good games last week, and I think this next week uh, there's going to be some fun ones. Yeah, they were really. Uh, most of the games were tight, right? Except the 49ers, 49ers Seahawks got a little out of way. Yeah, and then of course our. Bucks and the Cowboys. You called the Trevor Lawrence comeback. I mean, you, you, you I, 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 don't really, I don't know anyone called the comeback. Yeah, I got, no one saw it going yeah, that way. Yeah, they're going to be down by 27, and, and they're going to march all the way back. You can count on the Chargers to always do some very chargery things yeah, uh, in, well, that, in that game there. That's um, true. Yeah, and you, and you called um, – what did you call? You called something. <laughs> no, you had the, this is it, the Giants. You had the Giants, yeah, did, and, yeah. and that was, uh, wow, Daniel Jones. Yeah. Hello. I, I think they might want to keep him. He's going to make some yeah, money, I, I think. think. So. All right, well, we got a lot to, to get to on the big program. We will probably talk a little NFL. I'm thinking that that would be appropriate. Let's bring in Brian King, producer extraordinaire. Uh, BK, how, how are we doing here? What, what do we got on the big program? Uh, got a pretty good show. We got Michael Vick. Michael yeah. Vick, NFL quarterback. It's great. Uh, Fox analyst right now will get his thoughts on the upcoming uh, divisional playoffs and the rest of the NFL playoffs and get his also his thoughts on uh, Tom Brady issues here with the Bucks. Yes. Uh, Michael Vick has been with uh, Fox for what, like six years now. And uh, he, so he's, he's part of the NFL kickoff show and uh, we will lean on his insights. But I'm kind of curious if he still has it. You think he I, still has it? I bet he does. He's 42. He yeah. looks in shape. Yeah, I bet he could you know? still. I bet he could still strap it on. He had, you know, obviously reputation was as a as a dynamic scrambler, but man, he had an arm. I was he looking at some all, old man. Vic videos the other day, and he could sling that thing. Yeah, you wanted to play Michael Vick in the video games. You play <laughs> that was Madden, it. Yeah, you got to get Michael Vick running all over the field. Was fantasy football a thing when he played? I don't think it was. Yeah, but if it was, it, oh, was it? okay. Yeah. Well, he would have been a, a high draft pick. Then. Yeah, they, they, the the number system may be a little bit different these days. Hey, wait, this is a great segue. This is time for you to congratulate. Congratulate me for winning our office fantasy pool, Did you right? Win? Yeah. Oh, you didn't know? The angry manatees. <laughs> I, I bowed out. Brian, the angry manatees. But two out of the last three years have brought home the trophy. I, I heard that it was a little. Um, there was some the way it ended, it was well, a little controversial. Well, we know what happened in the Bills-Bengals game, right? Okay. With, with the injury, a terrible, unfortunate situation, which you know left the game, the stats of that game, up in the air. So my opponent. The talented Lemoyce Tiller, who I believe is back there in audio somewhere. Yeah, he's doing audio Hi, right Lemoyce. Now. Let me give you my Venmo so you can send me my winnings. Um, <laughs> he had uh, two players, Joe Burrow and Stefan Diggs, that would have been in that contest. I think the best thing to do in a show of sportsmanship, given kind of the surrounding nature of yeah. what happened there, 
is for you to actually surrender that title and the winnings. Split the prize at least, money? At least split it right down the middle with Lemoyce. Here's what we'll do. You're hearing this here right here on the No Off Days podcast. <laughs> Lemoyce will agree with this. We will donate my winnings. I won't say the amount because you guys will think we're a bunch of degenerates. I will donate my winnings to DeMar Hamlin's fundraiser. How oh, about I that? I love it. That is very good. Now, Brian, That's follow no up with me next week to make sure I did that. But I will do I, it. Yeah. <laughs> he promptly forgets. All right. Uh, and at the end of the show, uh, what do you have? What do you have hidden away? I'm going to see how much you guys know sports. And oh, you, well. yes, you, you it's think debatable. You it is. We've got uh, some. It's not really unique sports, but we're going to. I'm going to describe them through their officials, and see if you can pick out what the sport is based on the job description of the official. Correct. Okay. Yeah. I like this. Okay. Although I'm sure he's found some obscure sports officials. Like, what yeah. do you call it? Uh, without question. <laughs> Lawn darts. No, yeah. I assure you, you know all these sports. Would it, would it be your description? Is this an official, like, dictionary? No, this is official. D- yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is in the job it's not title. not described okay. by J- Joey Bosa, who no, has was, recently <laughs> lashed out at officials? Oh. Okay. I was looking for a little side hustle and started going through which ones I actually qualified for so <laughs> well we can't we can't Brian, lose you Brian <laughs> the last you, thing I need you to be is like a rudder official for like some type of uh, voting race okay we we'll mark off that. number five there okay <laughs> all right very good BK, Thanks, we will catch up with you in a little bit if you're listening and you want to watch go to fox13news.com slash nodpod if you're watching and you would like to listen or subscribe zap the QR code on the screen by pointing the camera of your smartphone at it it'll take you to all of our shows uh, watch it with friends loved ones or, or sad and alone in a dark room as you cry your poor little eyes out. Oh, goodness. Wait, no, we don't do that. We don't do that here. Uh, like and subscribe on the audio podcast. We believe the NodPod actually, uh, it might actually help you yes, to get out of your post-Bucks blues. Uh, but Tom Brady, please don't go. Yeah. <laughs> please don't go. All right. So uh, with that being said, of course, that is the news. Now, the, the Bucks season comes to an end, and it's like, well, what's next for Tom Brady? Uh, he is a free agent. And free agency doesn't start until March 15th, but we're not going to wait until March 15th to try to figure it out because, uh, you know, he's going to be 46 next season. It seems like maybe he still has the desire to do it, uh, but he has been through a lot this last year, uh, both on and off the field. It was certainly disappointing the performance on the field for this team. You know, you wonder if he's lost a little bit off his fastball, but really I don't think that's going to be the the most important thing. I think it's whether he, he wants to do it. Not whether or not you know he's he's Tom Brady from five years ago or three years ago. Uh, so, but I think he's going to certainly have some options. Yeah, because well, people want the franchise. They do. It's hard to imagine he goes out like this, right? Like the way he walked off the field after the season that he had with the Buccaneers. It's hard to imagine that he wants to go out this way, right? Right. Like you would think that he came back to make another run at a Super Bowl. Not necessarily to win it. Of course, that's the ultimate goal. But just to have a a great season where you have a chance. And they just never really put it together at all this season. They just couldn't do it with the Buccaneers, which was odd because it was a lot of the same pieces in place around them. And, yeah, you can say the offensive line was devastated with injury, this and that. But, um, you know, Brady does, I believe, share some of the blame. He wasn't – he just wasn't good. He wasn't as good as he he had been in recent years. Oh, then you're the person that uh, Brady's new girlfriend uh, was specifically lashing out on Instagram. I wish I could associate myself with his girlfriend. No, what did she say? What is Veronica Rajik Rajik, uh, on her Instagram page said uh, following the loss, I'm I'm just sorry, but one guy cannot play for everyone on the field. 
which, you know, if you've been following this for a while now, very reminiscent of comments that Giselle once made about, hey, you know, he can't throw the ball and catch the ball. So, I mean, okay. Tom definitely uh, has people, you know, he has coming to his defense. His type is a model that will <laughs> defend him. <laughs> no matter what. Yeah. Well, what I would say to Veronica. and uh, What would you say? Hello, first of all. <laughs> well, hello. Uh, you know, Tom, I think you mentioned lost his fastball. I, I think he has. I, I think he, I'm, well, I'm not saying he did. I'm, I'm see, I, no, I, think, I am saying he has. I am saying he led the league in short throws, underthrows this season. It's one thing to be an immobile quarterback, but you can overcome that when you're accurate and you have zip on the ball. He didn't have it this year. He, how many? He's char, He's Charlie. It's not a matter of zip. I think. I think if there's an accusation to to lodge there, it's maybe you know the anticipation. Or, you know the deep ball, the, some of the touch on the deep ball. But again, here's a guy that's 45 years old. He did not want to get pounded in the pocket, and so he was getting rid of the ball in 2.4 seconds, Chris. So, and and throwing it into the dirt. Yeah, he, sometimes he, he had yeah. done this in years past. I just think he's lost a little off of his off. Of, but I'm not saying he won't be desirable to other teams. He's still no. he's still Tom. I mean, you got you got Miami, right? Miami's been they were in the mix last year. Of course, could an ownership stake be there? Um, the Vegas Raiders and yeah. reuniting with his former offensive coordinator. Uh, and then, you know, the Bucks. So those are the three teams that have kind of been circulating. I think that at this point, the 49ers are probably out of the mix, especially given the play of Brock. Turner. Right. They're kind of happy. They, they with already him. have yeah. their quarterback conundrum, I think. Um, or, or does he just, you know, join us here at Fox? Does he join the team? And then, you know, we can, he could be, I think, a third member of, of the no, no Off Days podcast. Yeah, come on in, I'm Tom. not sure what his I'll take back all the things like. I just said about exactly. your arm. Yeah. What and do you think a greater likelihood of retirement is, uh, Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady? Rodgers is, compliment, or is, is contemplating the same thing. That's a good question. Uh, he is under contract with the Packers, though it is a hefty sum. And I'm not convinced that the Packers wouldn't be interested in entertaining a trade offer if that came across. And I think that, that both sides are kind of wise to that. I think I think Rodgers, just because of Brady, but desire. I think Brady probably has more desire to come back and compete than Rodgers does. Yeah, that, that could be true. But I, ultimately, I think, and oh boy, we get a whole, how many months did you say to sit here and wonder about the futures of these two, you know, all-time greats here? Um, this season of speculation, right? I think both of them do come back, though. Ultimately, it would certainly be a different NFL game without Brady and Rodgers. But I mean, there is the next generation of quarterbacks that are willing and able to take the mantle and Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and maybe Brock Purdy. Maybe he's in that mix as well Uh, to the college football game. And this this story you you mentioned uh, and kind of this crossed my path uh, of the four star quarterback recruit at the University of Florida, uh, part of this star studded class of 2023 which he headlined a lot of excitement about this guy. I think he's a, a Northern California guy. Yeah. Um, but part of that was tied to an NIL deal. So the Gator Collective had this sum of money reportedly 13 million. Yeah, that's the report. Hard to believe dollars. 13 million for a four star, but that's the number that has been reported. And now uh, at least part of that collective has reneged on that deal. Yeah. So now now there is serious questions whether or not Rashada is going to be ending up in Gainesville. And I think that this just, again, we've talked about this before, but how it exposes the seedy underbelly of, of the NIL world. You know, right. in a perfect situation, 
NIL money is there to complement players and to pay them for their hard work and they can, you know, make a little bit of money, not just, you know, as much time as they devote to their sports. You know, this allows them to have you know, a little skin in yeah. the game. But then there's this side where what is the fallout now for this decision on his part to maybe not go to Florida? I mean, he already had switched once. He was a Miami recruit, flipped right. to Florida. Uh, and then, you know, how involved these collectives are in the decision-making process and in the recruitment process. Yeah, that's the murky, scary part of all of this is this is where major college football has gone, where you have these collectives. These are third parties. These are legalized bag men that are now doing the – hiring the human resources for your university and there's no transparency this isn't the nfl where everything's out in terms of the players contract and these are union-based contracts and we don't know with this Jaden rashada situation where things fell apart there are reports that some members of this collective and by members i mean these big money boosters maybe thought 13 million was a little steep and had pulled back on it and if that's the case what kind of message does that say to other potential recruits for the university of florida's collective it says you don't have you guys don't have your nil stuff together why am i going to sign with you and then there are other other people saying that his parents or his representatives went back to the table and wanted even more money more than 13 million and and so here's where it stands now as of this taping uh last friday was an important deadline because he had said that he wanted to early enroll so that he could participate in spring football practice that deadline was last friday and he did not enroll and that's what really fueled more of these reports that Things had fallen apart and and are on shaky ground. And also, he did sign, this is a different, same three letters, different order, NLI, the National Letter of Intent, Mm -hmm. to sign with Florida. They haven't let him out of that. And so this this is another murky part of that. If you signed a National Letter of, of Intent, can you still shop around and for better NIL deals with other universities and you know then I see lawyers getting involved oh, and, and this is interesting because what, what's to preclude him from starting to jump in the transfer portal can he if he's not enrolled at the institution enrolled, right. I guess you can't transfer from that institution right. but like if you just enrolled and then the next day n- not even seeing the practice field uh, you decide can you I, I, I'm not sure what the rules are around that but I don't like the situation this puts I mean, every, there's so many conflicted interests here at play. I mean, Billy Napier's staff. Like, now is he beholden to these people that are running the bagmen, as you say, in this Gator Collective? You know, does he have if if somebody's getting paid X amount of dollars from the collective, and he just assume bench the kid or right. something else goes wrong or you know bad behavior as a student athlete? You know, is he conflicted now? Is there pressure on the coach to make roster decisions right. based on how much money these big donors are, are putting towards these guys? I think it does open that door, and I don't want you know Gator fans to hear this and think this is just a UF issue. Like this is no. this is all all of these major programs are dealing with this now. And you know Scott Strickland, Florida's AD, said back in the summer before this Rashada Jaden Rashada thing ever came up, he said it's just strange right now because we are outsourcing benefits to third parties that the university has no control over. Yeah. Uh, so I, you know, I don't know what the answer is. There are a lot of people in college football that want Congress to do something about it. But <laughs> if you're putting your, right. if you're putting yeah, your, let's faith get the in, federal government involved. Yeah. If we want to clean up this mess, you know, I, th- this is where the NCAA could step in potentially, but they've already been, um, take all their power has been taken yeah. away. You wonder if they're just kind of like, 
hey, I'm just, you know, I'm rinsing my hands of it. it that, yeah. the, hey, this is the, the problem you guys wanted. Right. And now now you want some oversight. But there has to be at some point. It's yeah, it's crazy, right, that all of this was illegal, like, what, three or four years ago? Well, remember Cam Newton's dad, yeah, right. where, where he became, got the nickname Scam Newton because his dad was shopping around, supposedly. But now that's that's perfectly legal. Now this is what that, you're supposed to do. That's exactly yeah. what you have to do. Well, yeah, you know, your, your, your son is what? He's he's nine, right? He's nine. So are yeah. we starting to put together yes. the... the um, yeah, without question. The, the collective? Yes. Like, are you shopping him around? For, yeah. For, yeah, yeah, we're going to see. Uh, you know, first, it's we're looking at the junior high schools in the area, and... And we're saying, hey, look, if you want us to come to your junior high school. And what's, what's my son's value? What yeah, does it exactly. mean to you? Do you want him on your flag football team? Okay, yeah. let's talk. All right. He gets a lifetime supply to Chick-fil-A. Yeah. No, this is, this <laughs> that is would be like are. Kramer and Jackie Childs. <laughs> Deal. Yeah, absolutely. Let's shake on that. Yeah. Uh, another disturbing story that has come out of the college football world, college athletics. Um, mm, this is a tough one. Yeah, it's tough. I, I don't really know how to proceed with this but um the the mascot for arkansas football tusk the fifth has yes. passed has he's passed at he the did. age of four and we don't know why well they say natural causes he's four i mean i don't know i did look up the lifespan of russian boars and it's 10 to 14 i, I think something nefarious is afoot like the average lifespan is 10 to 14 and he died at four at four okay yeah um did you say he's a russian boar <laughs> Why can't Correct. why can't they get the Arkansas? This is your problem. Why can't you get a don't we have American boar? We'd have to get a outsource it and get a Russian boar? <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, maybe they look the part a little bit more, you know. Well, I, a little meaner, a little, to, yeah. little tuskier. I did do some research and the, they have not had a great track record. The University of Arkansas has oh, really? it with keeping these live mascots. Oh, this is not good. Around. No, it, back in 1977, their mascot, Big Red the Third, escaped from an exhibit and was <laughs> shot by a farmer. Oh! So uh, he went the way of Big Red the First and Second. Bacon, too, I think, bacon sausage. Yeah. I don't know. Then the next year, this is just a, a calamity of events with these live uh, Razorback mascots. Ragnar, which is a great name, Ragnar <laughs> the mascot, escaped his pen. Killed a coyote, a domestic pig, not one of these you yeah. know, big bean boars, well, a nice little, you know, nice little pink ham. <laughs> that's what happens when you mess with Arkansas. But hops. then was, yeah, but then was bitten by a rattlesnake and died. Oh, so see, the, so these mascots have been literally snake bitten. So yeah. they did away with the live mascot thing for a while. Said, hey, you know, we need to uh, reset here and rethink this. But and they, yet they foolishly have hopped back in. They've hopped and back in about same. 20 years ago, and now yeah. we, we don't know. We don't want to cast any aspersions on Tusk the Fifth's lifestyle, what led to this what kind of decision premature. Yeah, but yeah. we do know that his uh, sibling, Tusk the Sixth, will now serve as the mascot and hopefully not suffer some yeah. awful fate. Yeah, this reminds me of like uh, like in ancient times, like, you know, when kings and emperors yeah. would suddenly you know be fall ill after eating their I, dinner and and then su and and there's and there's the younger brother he's j he's ready to go yeah he's taking he the crown no idea how that hemlock got into dad's <laughs> cognac or whatever it was in a in a news report um it said during his reign which i guess reign uh tuss the fifth also participated in Two one Razorback sh road shows across the state of Arkansas, connecting and interacting with fans of all ages, including eating grapes from the hands of his adoring fans. Oh, I that seems sweet. Those are probably sentiments we should live by. Maybe so. that's also what led to his. You know, he choked so on a grape. <laughs>
we have we, yeah i have you ever seen so a lot of these schools have live mascots that we're very familiar with you know Ugga the bulldog gets tons of camera yeah. time we see Smokey of the tennessee dog uh on the sidelines all the time we of course see uh bevo the longhorn run out and buffy yeah. the i have never seen this tusk like on all, all i see is the big person in the giant Razorback head. Maybe Tusk is inside the the, well, the mascot outfit. Well, he's not anymore. No, At no. least not that Tusk. Yes, he's been laid to rest. Um, probably smoked on a rotisserie pit and then uh, drizzled with some delicious barbecue. We sauce. just lost our Arkansas demo completely. All right, Chris, what do you say we get to our guest today? I'd say one of the most fun players to watch during his NFL career, unless he was playing against your team. Well, he played 13 seasons in the league and has spent the last six as an analyst here on Fox. He is part of Fox's NFL kickoff. We welcome in Michael Vick. Michael, thanks for joining the program. All right, got to ask, uh, what's your 40 time these days? Where are you at? Well, last year I ran a four, six, seven. Yeah, man. And I trained a little bit. And the year before I ran a four, six, no, hold on, hold on. Let me refrain. Four, seven, six last year. The year before, four seven eight, so I got better like by the tenth, two tenths of a second. Like a fine wine, getting better. We're gonna get down to yeah, that four three three this again. Year a, this year I'm a train. This year I'm a train, <laughs> and I'm gonna run a four five. Now, it sounds. Are, is is this you mounting a comeback? Is this are you inspired a little bit by Brady doing it well, at forty five? Well, I'm just as fast as half of the guys in the league. So if I put my mind to it, I could definitely come back for a season or two. If Tom, Tom's going to give it another year, so <laughs> he'll be 46. I'll only be 43. <laughs> You're the young buck, and man. Yeah, absolutely. Think about Not a young buck, but hey. Hey, aging like wine, like you said. <laughs> no doubt. If you're if you're a GM right now and you need to start a franchise with a quarterback, are you looking for a quarterback that is if if your two options are a statue in the pocket, but he's precise and he can deliver, he's got a howitzer as an arm, or he's elusive, he can run, you know, he's maybe not as accurate, but but he can he can let it loose with his feet. Which uh which quality are you looking for? Uh, I'm probably going to go with the, the guy who can stand in the pocket and, and make good decisions and, and deliver laser-like passes similar to, you know, just a Herbert-style quarterback. Uh, and, and, and still can take a guy who is not as accurate but is very athletic and, and can improvise and still put him in a position where he, he can be successful as well. Just got to do the things that you know your quarterback is capable of. I learned that from Andy Reid. You do everything that you know. Uh, will make him better and that's how great coaches make players better absolutely uh, it's not the other way around so i mean it's a fraction of that but i think it's all about the coaching to get the most out of your guys and what they can do so as we mentioned tom brady he will be 46 next football season let's fast forward to august 1st what is tom brady doing august 1st hopefully he's making the right decision based on uh, what he's comfortable with in his life um you know, football isn't everything, and if it's, if that's something that makes Tom happy, then he'll make the decision to come back at 46, and he won't look any different than he looked at 45 or 44. Tom's going to always be in shape and be ready to go mentally and physically. So uh, that's not the issue. The issue is where did he find his happiness, and if it's in ball, if it's in broadcasting, whatever direction he decides to go in, he'll be successful. I imagine that's a difficult transition, one that you had to make that decision to make, to, to jump into TV, and, and you've been doing it for, you know, half a dozen years at this point, but how difficult yeah. was that for you right out of the gates, or was it? 
Well, it's definitely a different dynamic uh, in terms of uh, live TV versus uh, being in the locker room and having uh, cameras in your face and microphones and people asking you questions, you have having to respond. Are you now on the other end of the spectrum where you have to actually entertain the audience, um, which is cool. And, and so, you know, at the end of the day, it's not the easiest thing because this is not something that we grow up doing or, or aspire to do. Uh, it might be in the back of your mind. I know as a kid, I always told my mom when I, my NFL career was done, I'm going to be in the broadcast, I'm going to get into broadcasting, going to booth or something like that. But that was just me talking and wishful thinking and, and didn't know that it would actually come true. And once I got into it, uh, I realized I had to work just as hard as, as as anything else in life that I wanted to be good or successful at and uh, just try to keep those same morals and values in, in terms of hard work. You know, this Buccaneers team, specifically the offense, it was really kind of hard to get your mind around this year because they brought back pieces and, and a lot of veteran pieces, guys that had proven it over and over again, Brady, of course, Evans, Godwin, Fournette. Uh, it seemed like the cupboard was somewhat full going in. Now, we know the injury situations that played out along that offensive line and some on the defensive side of the ball, but yet offensively they turned in a, a you know woefully bad season, and, and we saw that in their wild-card performance on Monday night. Uh, what's your take on what went wrong and why that it just did not work offensively for the Bucks? Yeah, it seemed like all year it was just struggles. They, they couldn't find the chemistry. They, they didn't have an identity. Uh, are we a run-oriented team or are we a pass-centric team? Uh, what are we going to do in moments when the going gets tough and when we got to kind of buckle down and find ways to generate offense, get first downs, um, make some things happen out of the ordinary? And, uh, you know, you got to have something that you can fall back on uh, within your offense. And, you know, I know for years in Philadelphia – I had Deshaun Jackson, I had I had Deshaun McCoy, so I can always hand it off. You know, we was a run team, but we really was a pass-heavy team. And so when the going got tough, we, we, we passed the football. But I think in today's game, uh, defenses are different. They, they are very uh, complex, and, and they do a lot of things to try to get you off your mark. And so, you know, when it's not going well and when, you know, the situation gets a little, little – you know, sticky, you, you got to find, you got to go back to what works for you. And uh, I just don't think they had that this year. You know, it was all about Tommy. They had some great players. Mike Evans showed up and Chris Garvin showed up at times. And you know, Julio never got healthy. Um, a healthy Julio, I think, changes how this offense look. And, and uh, of course, you know, Fournette can only do as much as he can uh, coming out the backfield. But, you know, these guys have had success. They've won the Super Bowl. They got some things to be proud about, but I also, you know, I hope those guys just go enjoy their offseason, take some time off and think about uh, how, how to get better next season for the young guys and with Tom, what decision he's going to make. Well, for every team that kind of crosses the threshold from regular season, now they're into the postseason. There's excitement. It feels like, you know, this is the real season. Everybody's got a legit shot at, at winning the Lombardi. But – you know, half the teams go home after the first weekend and they're sitting there the next day. What is that next day like after you're just everything is pointed toward winning it all? It seems like this run may never end and it suddenly just ends. What's that next day like? Yeah, it's tough. Uh, it's very hard to deal with, um, especially if the the season has been rigorous, if it's been a lot of ups and downs and very turbulent. You, you kind of reflect back on the things that you did well, but more so you think about the things that you didn't do so well and why you're actually in the position that you're in, why you're cleaning out your locker, why you're having that last conversation 
uh, with your head coach and, and departing from all the guys that you spent the last six months with. It's a tough day. It's a sad day. It's always quiet. You see guys by their lockers kind of like whispering and talking, you know, making off-season plans, you know, trying to figure out what guys are going to be, what you're going to do. Uh, it's a somber moment. Um, but at the same time, you know, only one team can win it all. And uh, only one team can win the game in advance. And, uh, you know, we work extremely hard to put ourselves in positions where, you know, we can compete for that championship. And, and when it don't happen, it, it, feel, it feels like the ultimate failure. Um, but at the same time, you know, it, it's always next year. You recently weighed in on the Lamar Jackson situation, and, and he disclosed that he's been dealing with a sprained PCL. I got to I mean, for whatever the decision was that went into that, and a lot of people kind of think, well, maybe that has more to do with positioning himself for free agency here coming up. You know, who knows? But do you think the Ravens are playing this weekend if he played last week against Cincy? Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And and to, to the extent of what I, what I said on Fox on our show uh, this past weekend, um, you know, it's it, – it's just, you know, it's playoff football. And if you are in a position where you can go out and play and you can help your teammates, you look around the locker room, you see those guys, they sacrifice. Man, I look at J.K. Dobbins, um, who probably hasn't gotten a contract extension yet. But, man, he, he's he's limping. You could tell he wasn't healthy all year. And, and then, you know, he go have another surgery, come back. You know, it's just about the sacrifice and the brotherhood. And we, we put so much time into it. Everybody in that locker room wants Lamar to be happy. They want him to get paid and he will, it, it, it will happen. But, you know, if it's one last arrive, if it's an opportunity to show the organization, if you can, that I can get out here, I'm gonna give it, even even if my, my, my will is only, you know, 60%, 70%, I'm not gonna bang it up. He know his limitations, he know what he can do. And if he can't go, he can't go. But man, if you, I played some of my best games when I was hurt. The, the focus is heightened. Your decision-making is heightened. So I've been in those moments. So I speak from experience when I talk about those situations. And, you know, when I say put put a brace on it in, in 2005, I played the entire season on the spring MCL. Wow. And when I say it was the most painful, excruciating thing that I had to go through, uh, it, it was. And I did it because I, I wanted to sacrifice my teammates. I had nothing to gain. I had a contract. And, and, but I still laid it all on the line. I laid laid my health on the line. I put my career on the line. And uh, not not saying that Lamar has to do that because he got a lot of football left in it in him. But you know, to gain the respect of your teammates and the organization, if anything goes wrong, they're gonna take care of you for life for sure. But so we, I just hope he made the right decision, man. And I hope it all work out for him in Baltimore, wherever he land, wherever he end up landing. Yeah, we. I mean, we know that Lamar's gonna do things his way, and it, it seems to have worked out to this point for him. But yep. in a sense, do you feel like that's kind of him throwing up the deuces in Baltimore that maybe maybe he's out of there come next season? Yeah, maybe he's fed up. Maybe he's tired of what's going on. You know, he nobody knows what's going on within that building uh, other than Lamar and the Ravens. Um, you know, it's been talk about in numbers and, con and the contract being thrown at him. Who knows what those numbers are? They might not have, you know, sufficed to what he, his liking or what he, he wanted. So, you know, at the end of the day, being the ultimate – a businessman and being an entity within himself, he got to make those decisions. And if he's okay with parting ways, then he's okay with parting ways. Only he knows that and only the Baltimore Ravens know that. And I think at the end of the day, they both can be appreciative uh, of, of what they've done for one another. And 
uh, you know, they can move on. The head coaching vacancies in the NFL right now, you got Carolina, Indianapolis, Denver, Arizona, Houston. What's the best job? The best job right now, I would, I would say um, probably in Carolina. Carolina's a very talented team. Um, very good on defense. Uh, the way Sam Donald finished the season, even though there were some letdowns at the end, uh, they had an opportunity. Um, I think if they put it all together, uh, the city of, of Charlotte would really uh, respect it, appreciate it. And uh, like I said, they're the most talented team. But I do think Steve Wilkes, to get that job, and he deserves to get that job. And then the Colts are a very talented team. They're in a good spot. The Broncos. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens, man. There's a lot of teams out there, a lot of good coaching candidates out there, um, very talented guys who are going to get an opportunity to show what they can do with my former teammate, D'Amico Ryan, uh, hopefully even one of my former backup quarterbacks, a good friend of mine, Mike Kafka, gets an opportunity. Um, these guys are going to be – the faces of the NFL, and I'm excited to watch these guys in the future. Right, Michael, before I let you go, i got to ask you about the upcoming games, and you can just give me your your take, win or loser. Jags at Chiefs. Jags at Chiefs. Uh, it's going to be a tough one, man. you got to go into Kansas City and earn it right now. I'm going to go with Kansas City. Giants at your former uh, establishment, the Eagles. I got to go with the Eagles. A lot of respect to the Giants, and it was a big win this past weekend. I was rooting for them. Happy to see Daniel Jones stepping up. Uh, got to root for the home team. Got to root for the Philadelphia Eagles. One of the more intriguing matchups, the rematch, Bengals at Bills. I'm neutral in this one, man. I'm a big fan of Joe Barrow, big fan of, uh, of Josh Allen. I know it's going to be a, a great game in, in Orchard Park, um, and, and it's gonna be a it's gonna be a barn burner, man. So you know the home team has the advantage, but Cincinnati is playing really, really well right now. And finally, the Cowboys at the 49ers. Game of the week. <laughs> this is this the game of the week right here. I mean, the way the Dallas Cowboys played last night, the way Dak Prescott showed up and showed out, uh, we know Dak has that ability to come in. Any, any given Sunday and put that type of pressure on the defense. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a different dynamic going against the San Francisco 49ers is the number one ranked defense in the National Football League. But, you know, this is what champions are made of. These are the times that, that you have a chance to step up and show uh, what you're really made of. And uh, I think this Dallas Cowboys team goes in with a fair chance at winning. Well, obviously, Bach Purdy has been playing amazing. So as of right now, man, I'm going to stay neutral on that one, too. <laughs> if I had to read in your comments, I think you like the Cowboys. You're just not ready to say it yet, but I understand. Hey, big winner. Yeah, but, but I like the 49ers, too, man. No doubt. And so, you know, I'm such a big-time football fan. You know, I just, unless I got to make the pick, I'm going to make the pick. <laughs> so this one, I'm going to sit it out. Well, much respect to that. We know the big winner so far in the postseason has been the entire NFC East because, uh, boy, I tell you what, maybe it should have just been relegation. No NFC South teams. Let's just see the whole East in there. We appreciate your time. The great Michael Vick. Thank you for joining the program, Mike. Appreciate it. Had some hot takes there. Uh, you know, I, it sounds like he's leaning Cowboys. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how you could pick against the 49ers right now. What did you – I wasn't listening to the segment. I had to step yeah. away. Uh, did yeah. you make any predictions of what we're going to see in this next round? No, I didn't. I want to know you, how to you fade like you. Some? Yes, I want to know where you go with this. Are you uh, – uh, You want, all, like, all my game you, predictions? Real quick, just no, oh spit gosh. these out. Get Chiefs or Jaguars? I like, I like Chiefs. Okay, uh, by eight and a half? 
<laughs> I, I'm not taking that. Okay. Taking All right. Eagles, Giants. Man, I kind of think the Giants might go in there and upset them just because I'm not so confident about Jalen Hurts right now. Okay. All right. Uh, I'll take Eagles. Uh, Bengals at Bills. I like the Bengals. I do too. I'm with you on that. That means they'll lose definitely. Cowboys at Niners. 49ers big. Yeah, big time. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so, so I guess we that was our best segment of the show. Very nice. Where we quickly Quick, spit finally. out answers. We made one guy happy, Brian King, that, how we quickly <laughs> wrapped that up. If every, if every segment could be so pointed and, uh, and, and quick. Especially Russian boar segments. Oh, have we gotten any yeah. angry uh, messages during this recording? Uh, from, I hope not. Bit, the, the Tusk community is a little mm. up yeah. in arms, but... Okay. You know, it's okay. It's okay. It's what we well, I think they have stimulate a few, conversation. I think here. they probably have a few barbecue joints to get to before, <laughs> you know, worrying about us. Oh. <laughs> so what is this final segment? We have to, the it's and it's uh, officials in sports. You're going to give us their job description and and we are going to try to tell you what that sport is. That is correct. Simple okay. enough. Sounds very simple. Once, very simple. It'll be easy once we get into All it. Right. You want first one. Yep. It's called a boundary umpire. Okay, boundary umpire. His responsibilities, judge whether a ball is out of bounds, then throws the ball back into play when directed to do so by the field umpire. What sport is that? Oh, uh, I'm going to say um, high line. Oh, that's a... Wow. Hmm, was not expecting that. So many sports that have boundaries and balls. Let's see. Uh, that was one of the nicknames that we were thinking of that. Boundaries the, and Balls, the, the name of this podcast? <laughs> yeah. yeah. We should have gone with that, actually. That yeah. could have been great. Um, Come on. All right, uh, cricket. Cricket. And y'all are both wrong. Listen to the answer there, Chris. Boom. Australian rules football. Okay. Oh, there's okay. no telling how many umpires they have. I mean. Yeah. I didn't know they had rules. <laughs> they, Australian. I thought that was, like, ironic. Australian rules football. There you go. Is that the same as rugby or no? No, That's different. Okay, quite different. Boy, I just showed my ignorance. So I, I just I I went highlight because I'm thinking you're going like weird sports. Yeah. So, but these are legit. I mean, you know, no, Aussie football. They're all, they're yeah, I'm legit. not going to go. Highlight's legit. Yeah, it's a I'm legit like... IPA brewed by <laughs> Cigar City. It is delicious. <laughs> <laughs> Yummy. No off days podcast brought to you by Highlight. Sounds good. All right, it? let's and go to the next one. Come right. on. <laughs> this one, Inspector of the Turns. Oh. Positioned at the start and the turn end, and observes starts, turns, and finishes. Come on. Uh, I'm gonna say shot put. Where would it be? <laughs> tur- you turn and shot put? No, you spin. spin. You don't. No, I you mean, don't turn. Is this uh, is this F1? Maybe. Start, let me change my answer. Yeah. The start, the turn. We know they're a turn in racing, and but why do you need to observe a turn? Like, it is that. You go out of bounds? All right, your turn's over. What is it? Uh, track and field. Track and field. Let's see it. It is swimming. Oh, yeah, it's the, the turn. guy. That makes right. sense. Yeah. But see, I thought that was called the flip. Well, it's a turn. Yeah, it's a turn. I'm not a big swim guy. All right. All right, mm. you're 0 for 2, the guys. Inspector of the turns. These are hard, yeah. <laughs> okay, next one is, you ready? Wing judge. Y'all may know this one. Wing judge. Oh, this is an eating contest. Yeah, yeah, this almost. is Joey Absolutely. Chestnut. Yeah. Close. Feeds the umpires running information on overlaps that are critical to right of way rules. Wing judge. Wing judge. Is this um, overlaps? No, this is. Uh, it's got to be some type of boating. I'm gonna say sailing. Um, all right, let's go with um, uh, crew or what would you call you know 
uh, what do they call it? Yeah, rowing. Let, rowing. Rowing. Yeah, rowing. Okay, let's see it. America's Cup Sailing, Scott. Oh, Very good. Oh, all right. All right. So, yes, that's, that's what, one for Scott? The wing judge, yeah. The wing judge, that's what it's called. Yeah. Okay, you My want one more? My grandfather was a wing judge. <laughs> you and like the bonus wings. <laughs> last one, commissaire? Commissaire. 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 Oh, Travel Scott knows how to pronounce it, so he must know what this yeah. is. Travels by car and motorcycle to supervise the event and performs traffic management duties over team cars along with service and media vehicles. Does Scott cycling. knows. Yeah, I was going to say cycling. Sounds like a very Man. French term, commissaire, Tour de France. Oui, He's oui. got to shuttle along Champagne. in this very important little motorcycle. Boom, listen to yeah. the answer. Very good, guys. Both is cycling. All right. Mm. Okay. I like that. That was fun. Tip of the hat. Sean O'Neill came up with those, except the very last one. That was mine that you both got, so... The tough ones Sean O'Neill came up with. Is that all we have? We have four. That's good, okay. man. Does, does Sean play Australian rules football? No, but he knows every single rule, every obscure rule you could possibly know about any game, any sport, anything. He's right there next to you, so why don't you have him tell you one and yeah. that we can think about? <laughs> Sean is not here right now. Well, oh, not? Sean's not here. No, no. Oh, well, where is he? The I feel like the show's, the show's gone off the rails. We Sean's need a commissaire. A have you, yeah, where's the commissaire? Sean had a day off. Have oh. you guys... <laughs> wait, 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 wait. <laughs> no off days. Come on, Sean. Have you guys ever been an official, like in a capacity? Scott, have you worked as a, a baseball or basketball official? Or Not in no? any real capacity. No. Uh, Brian? Uh, I used to referee soccer, Okay. both as a teenager, and I made it all the way up to refereeing, I'm not kidding, college games. Did you? I was run. I was a linesman with a little flag on the side. Had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> you shouldn't but, admit that. No, but it was yeah. It was easy money back when you were in high school. Wow. And they were what about, what about you? I did. I did some baseball uh, umping. We called behind, it umping. behind the plate. <laughs> yeah, behind the plate. I were was, you like uh, Frank Drebin? Like the, hey, was, yeah, hey, I, yeah. hey, remember uh, <laughs> naked gun <laughs> shuffling? I I'll tell you what. I was terrible. I had no business doing it. It's it's very hard. There are a thousand rules in baseball. Yeah. I felt outgunned. The coaches knew more about the rules than I did. Oh, yeah. And also, I was... And everybody, like, all the parents hate you. Oh, they, no. oh they hated me. And sometimes, <laughs> you know, the pitchers throw very fast. And yeah, this scary. is little, little league or, I guess, high school, junior high catchers. You don't know if they're going to catch it or not. And so I found myself closing my eyes when the <laughs> pitcher would throw a fast. So it's hard to call so balls and even, strikes with your eyes you closed. See, you asked the catcher, was that a strike? Yeah, yeah. Oh, sure was. I yeah. just guess. Oh, here's the funny yeah. thing. And so I was doing my job my primary job was in you know a tv news anchor so people in the stands knew Wait, me from my so job <laughs> and so they were Wait, they would out you were you like hard up for cash or yes something? this is my okay. first tv market okay. of course i was hard so up you for were cash. umpiring on the side like, yeah and, and so people knew me and they would see how bad i was and they would say i'm never i was at a different channel 13 then i'm never watching channel 13 again yeah. because of you so i lost not so only good. you know a lot of viewers also did basketball though, and I was pretty good at basketball. Yeah. Oh, nice. Basketball requires a little bit more. Yeah. Cardio. cardio. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Very good. All right. I think we learned a, f a few things here. BK, I appreciate it. And Sean, as you're resting at home, eating snacks, laying on your couch, watching Which, yeah. No Off Days podcast. Thank you for your insights <laughs> as well. Thanks, Chris. Good. Anytime. Uh, to watch full-length episodes of this year' podcast, head to fox13news.com/nodpod. Or hey. Look, that's a QR code on your screen, bottom right-hand corner. Zap it right now before it disappears. Uh, and then you can also subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher. Get us every week in audio form. And you can also, of course, watch this show on the tube, which you might be doing right now. 
And then you get it on all the socials as yeah. well. Much thanks to Michael Vick, our guest. And uh, let's see if his predictions are accurate. Let's see if our predictions are accurate next week. And uh, we will hold that over each other's head and punish each other appropriately. Thank you for watching Boundaries and Balls. <laughs> Your it just fa- doesn't quite it doesn't have, <laughs> What would be the send-off to Boundaries and Balls? Uh, watch those lines. <laughs> I don't know. Until the next time we are on, there are no off days.